Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are welcoming back Phil Lockwood. Phil has spent the last 23 years helping businesses with their digital sales and marketing efforts, primarily through his agency, Distill. He quickly established a reputation on high-profile engagement with NFL teams, restaurant chains, airlines, and other major brands. Their most recent initiative is called The Missing Link, a simple online course and community that teaches small business owners how to generate more leads, prospects online, and nurture more of those opportunities into sales. Phil, welcome back to the program. Thanks. It's great to be here as always. You're now the uh, world record holder for most appearances on the Digital Agency Show. So how does that feel? Not that it's a competition, but was I not before? Was I tied? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there might be one other three-time guest. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't. I don't think they were a three-time guest when you when you appeared. But I think we have had maybe one other person on three times, maybe I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to create a leaderboard in my office and uh, and and keep it more up to date. I think, but uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have you back and um, and to kind of get an update on your business and all, also this new cool stuff that you have. So, uh, what's new before we get into other stuff? You know, what's kind of new with Distill? Kind of paint us a picture of what what's going on with the agency today. I think one thing that would be particularly relevant, be, you know, for your audience, because we've had these conversations over the years so many times, is that. Distill is once again a 100%, I like to say remote agency, not virtual agency, because when we say virtual, it means I think something completely different. You're still a real agency, right? But we have once again dropped the office space. We got rid of that probably nine months ago now. And at this point, I really don't see us ever going back. Things, you know, continue to evolve. So it's not just a back and forth kind of deal. But once Carol moved out to New York, and for those who don't know, Carol is one of our senior partners, and you know, started to see some of the limitations in terms of um, talent pool um, and the local market and the competition for that talent here, it just really became obvious that we needed to be able to exist beyond the confines of Denver. And so then it was a question of, look, if half the team is remote, then what's the point of having any of the team be here in person? So... That's the thing with us now. That's the direction that we're going once again. And, you know, you and I have known each other enough years now that you've probably heard that story several times. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's actually, I mean, it's, it's more what, what you're doing now is maybe more similar to even like when we first met and that was almost the whole idea behind distill when you kind of went out on your own from the kind of 70 plus person, uh, mega agency. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think, Again, thing, things change. It's not necessarily just back and forth. I don't see us going back at this point. The the reasoning, the logic behind it, I think is different now versus whatever that was eight, nine, 10 years ago. But 
you know, a lot of the core stuff, the, the principles are still the same, which is obviously anybody who has office space or doesn't kind of understands a lot of those pros and cons. So for us, this is what works now and in the foreseeable future, for sure. So would you say that that switch to rem- remote? I mean, obviously there's some, maybe some cost savings, maybe not, I don't know, but, uh, or, or some cost transit, you know, movement, right? Instead of spending on office, maybe you're spending it on retreats or whatever. But for you, it's it's about like, getting access to better talent and more like specific talent for the jobs you're doing for your clients? Yeah, it's definitely, I think that was the catalyst. We knew, look, we're, we're struggling to find the right people here locally. We need to open it up. So I think that's really what put the whole topic on the table. But beyond that, yeah, like you said, sure. It's uh, office space doesn't have to be expensive these days. It certainly can be in a lot of areas, but a lot of it is just kind of the, the mentality, you know, and the, and the freedom I, we just bought a place in California. So we're splitting our time now. So it's kind of like, where is headquarters for me? So to be able to just kind of build things around that ability to work from anywhere and have no true headquarters, as long as it's done right, I think you can overcome any of the cultural challenges that are inherent to that kind of thing. I believe on the last episode, or at least since then at some point, uh, you and I had talked about your transition back to the distill brand and kind of what that meant. Now that you have some time with that under your belt, was that the right call for you to to kind of rebrand or unbrand from Creation Chamber back to distill? It was definitely the right choice. And again, you've been around long enough that you've seen it go back and forth a couple of times. So you've got that brand whiplash. If anything, I would say probably never should have gone back to Creation Chamber. And for those who don't know, we started off as Creation Chamber and then you know, had that, uh, the, the xylem era, but then it was distill, creation chamber, now back to distill. And there were good reasons. It wasn't just what do we feel like today, but just the way that our offerings have evolved. Creation chamber no longer made sense, so we switched to distill. I don't see us ever going back, but the, the only idea with switching back to creation chamber in the first place was that it would simplify that story because we had that brand ambiguity uh, over the first 15 years, whatever it was, it was nice to be able to say, look, we started this creation chamber, we're still creation chamber. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it certainly was not an ideal name for us looking back. I was at a, uh, a, a party the other day, and I ran into somebody who is a developer at uh, LRXD, which I guess is what has come out of uh, Xylem merged back into maybe Lee Reedy and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, like Lee Reedy, Xylem Digital. Like, oh, that's like, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, like that. I know people that were, you know, part of the original formation. I don't even know if the original people are even still involved with that company. So it's just crazy how those names or there's, there's still some semblance of that name, some history of that still operating in Colorado, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, I wonder how long it'll be before they drop that. I think there's one, maybe two people from our team who are actually there. So it's so, somebody's going to be in a conference room one day and they're going to be like, why do we have XD after our name? You know, like, why, why is that our company name? Like maybe we should change that too, right? Uh, they're certainly a lot slower at rebranding than we are, I guess. <laughs> there, there's probably going to do a whole episode about like, you know, how, how much do, do agencies brands matter? I think it's, you know, probably comes back to the work and the reputation. I know for our clients, they're always like, yeah, so who do we write the check to? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's it's this company name. It's still the old company name, right? Um, so uh, so you've been up to some some different things. I think I mentioned this in in your intro about this whole uh, the missing link project. So that's something that's come out of your work with 
small and medium businesses. What is what is the missing link and where did that come from? Well, yeah, missing link, I mean, at its core is like, it's a business development workflow that helps people build a consistent stream of new customers, right? But what it stemmed from for us was this ongoing desire to really niche down in our own business. And that kind of meant picking some of the services that were part of our full service agency and saying, these are the things that work best for us. Let's run with those. Because as anybody out there who's trying to run a full service agency knows, it's really difficult to be good at everything. And uh, I noticed, by the way, that you just had another Ryan Dice, uh, well, maybe the first Ryan Dice uh, podcast episode, but I know he's spoken at the U Summit before as well. And, you know, those guys are really good at doing pretty much that one thing, which for me, it's like mostly about the Facebook ad side, or at least a core of their team. That's what they kind of were uniquely great at. And that sort of thing, I think, can really be a game changer in any business. So for us, when we were trying to do Facebook ads and organic social and SEO and websites and inbound, and you know, we can go on and on, it's hard unless you are a 500-person agency to have good expertise across that spectrum. So when we started doing this B2B-focused lead generation customer acquisition kind of offering, we noticed that it was number one, a bit easier than anything else we were doing. Uh, And then number two, it was far more effective. So we've actually got a chart and maybe we'll throw that in the show notes or something, but it's also on the website where you could actually see for one of our actual clients where for years we've been doing a lot of different tactics. And then you see specifically for the missing link stuff, which is this lead generation customer acquisition component and how it alone blows away everything else combined. So that's when that was kind of our aha moment where we said, this is something that we could do where we could really focus on that. And it means having more expertise with fewer people and much better results for our clients. So that was about, I want to say that was April of last year. When you kind of noticed that this was something that was more effective than doing all the different things for your clients? Right. Because we had been doing it for a little while after that. But in April of last year is when we said, this is probably something we should focus on. And as you know, you know, partly because of acquiring your agency, we've got a lot of customers. So we have legacy work that we still need to service. But in terms of what we really wanted to focus on for our agency growth, it was kind of a no-brainer. This just felt right. It felt real. It felt modern. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in this industry a while, and I was thinking back the other day to how when I very first started getting into web as an introvert, And I hate to kind of label myself or anybody else that way, but let's face it, I'm an introvert. And I didn't like the idea of like getting on the phone with people or networking with people. But the way that the web made it so easy to just email 100,000 people or put an ad out there, which wasn't as common back then, of course. Um, But any of these things where instead of making 10 phone calls today and having real conversations, let me send out 100,000 emails, spam, right? And see if I can get a few leads from that because it was a whole lot easier. It was very introvert friendly. And I still see a lot of that today. It's not necessarily just people who are introverts who want to do that to avoid it. We we really have this dependency on paid search and paid social and all these other things that are at scale. But for the clients that we really enjoy working with these days where it's B2B and they don't really even have the ability to service 250 new leads per day. It's lower volume stuff. Like this is just so much better. It's almost 
it's almost throwback in the sense that, yes, you can use Google ads to reach a quarter of a million people today, but is that what's best? Is it going to be the highest ROI? And is it what's going to result in the highest quality of leads and customers for you? I believe from what I've understood on the missing link, the primary platform you're leveraging for that is that is that LinkedIn? LinkedIn. So there are a few different stages to the program. And uh, first and foremost, we're actually doing the upfront. It's like uh, the planning and positioning work. But then we have our three sales related sequences. The first of those is LinkedIn. So to give you like a high level here, because I think that'll make it a little easier to understand. We're, we're first of all, trying to address the three biggest sales problems that I see today. One is no sales. And that would be any new organization or venture where they just don't have any clients yet and they need to be able to go out and prospect, right? Then the other two would be our, what I call coming in hot sales and our slick and trick sales. So coming in hot, this one kind of goes back to that introvert, extrovert thing. Sales success used to be extrovert based, but now it's very introvert based. And the difference there at its core, I think is like speaking versus listening. So if you're outreach, whether that's by phone, email, LinkedIn, or networking events, anything, if it begins with an overview or a pitch of your offering, you're coming in hot. So that's why I call it that. Now, if you have a huge audience and you don't mind building a cheap reputation and burning through 98% of your opportunities, because that low-hanging fruit still pays the bills, then more power to you. Um, I think we all know there's like no shortage of self-proclaimed success stories around strategies like that. But I definitely think it's a short-term play. And you're always going to be servicing that bottom of the barrel customer base. That's not, that's not fun for me. I don't think it's as lucrative for anyone over time. But then the, the slick and trick sales, you like Vaynerchuk. Yeah, you've, actually, he's been on one of your episodes. And probably my only quote from him that I actually like currently is that marketers ruin everything. Have you heard that one? We actually, I just interviewed somebody about uh, chatbots. And so we okay. were, we, I was like wondering, I'm like, okay, I think marketers are actually ruining chatbots right now uh, or chat, you know, messenger and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, or maybe it's, it's soon to be, be ruined. So, so yes, I, uh, we, if depending on when this episode goes live, it might air after that or before that, but we definitely were, uh, we're recently talking about that on the show. All right. Well, I, I think of that one left and right. I mean, I really do think marketers ruin everything. And if there's a way to trick an audience into listening or into buying something, marketers are going to find it. But again, that's always a short-sighted strategy. And another quote actually that I like is David Ogilvy, And his is something like, uh, I don't believe in tricky, tricky advertising. And the people who do that kind of advertising never had to sell anything in their lives. But I think it's just too easy for people to research your competition today, research your pricing, your ratings, your reviews, all this stuff. And what works in sales now, today, 2020, is transparency, honesty, good listening, real conversations, and real relationships. That might sound like lip service, but I'm telling you, like, that's literal. And again, if I'm not saying that, say, some of our agency listeners can go out and leverage that mindset for some of their B2C clients, because a lot of it comes down to volume or to scale. But for the agencies themselves or firms, you know, it could be law firms, CPA firms, we're talking about a much lower volume and you can have much more meaningful conversations and relationships with them where it's going to be far more effective. It has, I think, a much higher ROI based on our experience. So anyway, with that in mind, then the missing link has this upfront planning and positioning work. So we've got to kind of lay that foundation. We call it a blueprint. We have a blueprint uh, document that we use for that. Happy to throw that in the uh, show notes, by the way. And that's about 
kind of like reworking your elevator pitch, your value prop. Uh, you're going to optimize your LinkedIn profiles, both the personal and the company profiles, and then kind of get into a couple of quick wins so you can see how that methodology is different to what most people are doing. But then we go into those three sales sequences. And the first of those, which is really prospecting, is going to be LinkedIn, as you said. And we could dive deeper into these, but just uh, for the high level here, the second one is going to be called the warm call sequence. And then the third one is the opportunity sequence. So those are basically different stages of the sales funnel, right? So we consider the LinkedIn, our marketing qualified leads, our MQLs, and then the warm call sequence is for our SQLs, the sales qualified leads. And then the opportunity sequence would be obviously for our opportunities, uh, those real identified sales opportunities. And three of them together build a really robust pipeline. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce Unlimited WP, a white-label team that can help you do more with less. Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. So it sounds like this is something that really became a part of your kind of unique IP for what you were doing for your clients. So you were kind of doing this work for your clients. I mean, is this something that you guys have, have been able to to replicate across your client base in terms of lead gen and, and driving these appointments? Yes. Uh, and I, we have like a done for you service. Uh, and we've been doing this for clients in various industries. And again, it's kind of, it's very B2B focused. And you also need to have that, what we call the considered sales cycle, Right. So if you're selling paper clips to businesses, that's not going to be a great fit. Uh, it's about demonstrating expertise and value over time, you know, where you have that nurtured sales cycle. So it's challenging with a commodity, but firms, agencies, consultancies, those are a perfect fit. So what's interesting is when we do this the, under the done-for-you service for our clients, we really don't typically take it beyond that first sequence. So the LinkedIn stuff. Once you're getting into real conversations, it's really custom. So if we were doing it for, say, another digital agency that was doing the same stuff we are, we could have those conversations more easily. But we have clients in the SaaS space we have, that we're doing this for. We have clients in like hazardous materials um, manufacturing or in safety training, stuff where we can't speak as intelligently about it. So we need to focus on the templated area. So what we end up doing is generating the warm leads through LinkedIn. And then working with them, training them on our warm call sequence and opportunity sequence so we can pass those things off to them. But without a doubt, the, the best results that you're going to see from this is if you're able to do all of it yourself. So you guys were doing this for your clients. You at some point decided, okay, we're going to create this into um, not just a done-for-you service, but also a course, take people through this and actually take them through a program. Walk me through that a little bit. Like when... When did you decide to, to do that? What were some of the challenges in kind of spinning this off as its own DIY program? So it actually, I would insert one step at the very beginning there. And it's where we, where we started doing this for a specific vertical internally. And that's when we said, you know what, this would actually work for some of our clients. So we started doing it as a done for you service. But then we got enough experience. We said, we can productize this. Let's turn it into a standalone. And uh, I... Like I, I will answer any question, give as much detail as possible. Our only limitation today is the amount of time that we have to actually talk about this. 
But for us, the any any revenue from actually selling access to the program is minimal. What we where we will always, I think, get our money from this program is doing what we're doing now, the done for you. So whether that's like these multi-thousand dollar paid boot camps that we could do up front or the ongoing services that we do for thousands of dollars a month. But otherwise, I would love for as many people as possible to learn this program. We've talked about putting it out there on YouTube for free. It's virtually free now. But if it means that some of these 10 to 20 LinkedIn connection requests I get every day would come through and actually be done smarter, it would be worth throwing this thing out there for free for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is a good, I mean, in a way, if you're a agency and and, and I was always um, really impressed with um, what's the founder of effective UI or one of the guys over there, Anthony Marco. One of my very early interviews, you know, he kind of had this comment. He didn't say stick to your knitting, but uh, kind of know your business model. And he was like, you know, we we have, you know, we're in the service business. We build hours, you know, and he, he was very clear about that. He wasn't trying to spin off software or build their own stuff. It was just like, how many, you know, how many butts and seats can we have that are fully billing hours at capacity? And how many clients can we get to just like build out that demand, right? And kind of know your business model. Uh, so I'm kind of hearing from you is like the, you, you know, your model, right? Like, you know, that doing this work for clients done for you is really the core business, but the course or this, you know, productization of it is kind of that now feeding into, into that work at some level. Yeah. To use a term from our industry, I guess you could say it's a bit of a lead magnet, right? Well, and I think that people, and I like to hear that because I think that sometimes I see people, you know, spin off a a coaching program or a training program and they kind of have this idea that it's going to be maybe easier or more simple of a business to manage, you know, and it just ends up being like, you know, just as hard as the the core business they're running. Uh, But now they have two businesses instead of one. But you're really looking at this as kind of a, a feeder right into your core agency, which I think is really smart, Phil. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty accurate way to describe it. And I would also say that uh, having been in this industry for as long as I have, I'm definitely reaching that point where I feel like I would hope that I've been here for a while, but not everything is about making money, you know? And I, I love the idea of finding better ways to do things and helping other people do them. It doesn't necessarily mean I need to get revenue from it. So I like the idea of just kind of changing standards. And I hope that's what we can do with this program. Have you found that going through that process of creating the IP has then kind of double backed and help you helped you on the done for you and the fulfillment side? Productizing what we do has certainly benefited us on the done for you side in the sense that when we are working with clients and we're doing the LinkedIn sequence, but then we need to integrate with them on the warm call and opportunity sequences, it makes it really easy to fall back and say, hey, here, watch the video program or here, look at this playbook, you know, and we're doing calls, meetings with our clients in that regard where we can easily pass those assets over to them or do a 30 to 60 minute phone call where it's a bit of a handoff, a description of how those things work. So the assets, the IP there, I think really helps us be more efficient on that side. And I know that's a big thing, even like within your community. In fact, uh, the names will escape me right now, but you've got one or more people who have presented at Summit, for example, who really talk about the productization within our industry. And I think that's where that comes into play. Like being able to have videos and documents where you can just share it versus spending another 40 hours going through all of that as a custom workshop with somebody again has huge benefits across the board. Do you think that that's the future of uh, how agencies are going to be structured in terms of hyper-focused, niche, productized? Or do you still see a future for kind of the uh, bespoke 
super custom kind of uh, made, you know, uh, custom tailored kind of work? I think there will be both. And I've been in the industry long enough. We've been building websites, for example, long enough that, uh, you know, when we started, there was no real CMS. I mean, I could name one or two, but they were a joke. And now we're actually building a lot of websites on platforms, even like Squarespace, which obviously anybody can go out and do on their own. So over the years, people have always asked, like, is that, is this going to kind of replace what you guys do? But they have to understand there's a big difference between creating that Squarespace website for your flower shop and creating that custom web application or mobile app that helps you do something that's not really being done by other people. And, you know, we see new platforms come online that help you do specific things like, okay, sharing economy is new. And Adam Broadway, when they came out with, uh, with their platform initially, and it was about the sharing economy, right? So you could then leverage that platform for any business model related to the sharing economy. But at the same time, you're always going to have new sharing economies. You know, what is it going to be five years from now that people want to do? So there's so much custom work that it's going to be there for the foreseeable future. I mean, I, I think the only thing that's going to significantly change the way we do any of this stuff at this point is AI. And then it's 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 a revolution, not an evolution, right? I don't think we need to talk about things beyond the 10 to 15 year time frame because then none of us are going to be doing what we're doing right now. <laughs> and so how have you like so I mean I I I love hearing about the the process that you take people through with the missing link component. I love hearing about just those different types of, you know, uh, some of the 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 content of what your program is. Uh, but from a from an agency owner perspective, you know, having ideas like this kind of side projects or kind of pilot projects, I mean, how did you kind of manage that internally of thinking about, you know, do we invest time in building this kind of microsite? And also maybe it's a it's its own business, its own revenue model. Maybe it's something that turns into its own kind of business unit. I mean, how did you kind of make the decision that this was the idea to do versus I'm sure you've had other ideas that were comparable in terms of size and scope of pilot projects and ideas. I think it, it can be hard to admit, but over our history, which is now coming up on 19 years next month, I guess, uh, as an agency, I have certainly suffered from shiny object syndrome more than most people I know. I think that's my perspective. And so over the years, I've definitely tried to move away from that and say, all right, why do you want to create this product, this SaaS platform, or whatever this is, something that goes away from that core, which was for the first half dozen years, nothing but creating websites. This one, I think, was um, the most intentional and the most logical because it was following the natural evolution of what we were doing, but it was still allowing us to niche. So we weren't we weren't trying to grab some other thing that we saw somebody else doing that was working really well. Instead, it was something that we were already working on. We saw the results and we saw an opportunity to not add to what we were doing as an agency with some new offering, but instead to begin to remove things from that equation. So to simplify and be able to focus more. So I think that just made it seem like, all right, this is definitely a smart way to go. The the cost to actually create, put this thing into place, I think we're relatively small. And um, I was able to create the majority of the content on my own. So, um, you know, in that regard, it wasn't a big risk for sure, but uh, definitely just seemed like the one of the more obvious directions that we could take the agency. 
Very cool. Well, it sounds like a, a an exciting project. Um, what's kind of the next step for you with it? I mean, you guys have this thing online. It's there. You can uh, you, people can check it out. They can watch kind of the overall vision and mission of this thing. I mean, how are you going to now drive this thing to to success? Like, what's your big vision for it? Well, one of the things that I said right at the get go was as soon as we finished essentially one version of the video program, so the content itself, wanted to start on the second version. Those aren't standalone necessarily, but you know, it just means updating that content constantly. So it's the latest and greatest in terms of what we're seeing, um, boots on the ground. So it's constantly evolving in terms of uh, the, the quality of the content, I think, and just the the simplicity, hopefully, of the entire program. So we'll be doing that over and over. And then we're trying to do more and more workshops, trainings for our clients. So this fits into that kind of done for you component. And what I like about this is it it works for say a solo practitioner, whether that's a web pro or a CPA or an attorney, anybody in that B2B side. But we're also training larger sales teams on it because it's something that as a company, maybe on the small side, but when you break it down into their individual sales reps, each one of them can implement this kind of a methodology uh, with great success. So I'm going to keep working on that side and try to build up uh, more of that type of business and just ensuring that the, the the video program itself is as high quality and updated as possible. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients' websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. Do you see any risks with the future of LinkedIn? I know a lot of people have been you know, very much using that as a platform for prospecting and uh, building lists and reaching out to people. You know, I, we actually, you gurus do not use LinkedIn as kind of a primary channel. I'm not, you know, I mean, I have a page, I check it, you know, twice a year kind of thing. So I'm not a good example of a company that's using LinkedIn. Well, I know we've brought in guest experts to our community to kind of talk about that. And many of our members use that platform, uh, quite a bit from those, from those guests that have come in and kind of taught on the platform, but what's, what's kind of the, is there risks to that moving forward? I mean, that it's kind of being used as a database and a cold outbound email system. I think like anything else, and again, marketers ruin everything. So (laughs) what you see is a lot of people trying to use it in very similar ways, but they're using it against our core beliefs with this program. And that is that you need to give before you get, you need to listen before you talk. I, I don't even have to go back into my historical stuff. These are literally things that have come through in just the past couple of hours. But uh, view message right here. Let me just read this one to you. So I got a message from this guy and it says, pulling it up, sorry. Hey, Phil, hope you're doing well. Are you looking for premium and cost-effective white label website design development and SEO solutions at $20 an hour? And but there are five more paragraphs after that. <laughs> this is the problem with LinkedIn and pretty much everything else because, you know, call this guy a marketer. He's ruining the platform in the sense that he's creating a lot of noise. He's adding to the noise. And like anything else in marketing, The secret is to just break through the noise. How do you do that? By doing things differently, right? So really, I think at its core, the missing link is about doing things differently. LinkedIn is 
just one little platform or tool that's built into our methodology that could easily, easily be replaced a year from now if there's a better option. I think the biggest risk for LinkedIn, frankly, is just that it has issues with its own platform in terms of you know, code quality. I mean, bugs. We, we're constantly encountering errors and that sort of thing. So we've got our own little internal hashtag, hashtag because LinkedIn, you know, I mean, <laughs> I will run into half a dozen errors in one day and say, of course I am because LinkedIn, I mean, that's, so their biggest enemy, their biggest competition, I think is themselves, but you know, they've got a lot of momentum. So I don't know what could come along and displace them here in the meantime, as long as you can find a way to break through the noise, as long as that's possible, then there's going to be value in using it for that top of funnel component. Well, that's good news for anybody that's out there using LinkedIn or uh, leveraging that for their business. And I'm sure they can all uh, relate with you of the uh, because LinkedIn hashtag, but uh, congrats on the new uh, initiative. I think you've uh, offered up some amazing resources to share with our listeners. We'll obviously include those out in our show notes later on here today. So it's been fun kind of learning about this uh, continued evolution of Distill and The Missing Link, your new project. Uh, and we'll hopefully have you on um, sometime in the future for a, a lucky number five. Are you ready for our uh, updated lightning round for you? So we're going to have to compare and contrast your lightning round over the years. But are you ready for that? Probably not, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best advice you've received lately? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Normally, it's it's what's the best advice you ever received, but for you, Phil, it's what's the best advice you've received lately? Okay, that's a good one, and no, I haven't prepared for this, but um, honestly, I mean, because it's so relevant to today, and I like things to be relevant, I would probably go back to that David Ogilvy quote and say that you know the tricky advertising direction never works. I can't stress how timely that advice is, even though he wrote that decades ago, and he's got that book. Uh, on advertising. So if you want more great tips like that from the God of advertising, check out that book. Which of your personal habits is contributing most to your success right now? I think I, I might answer that the same every single time. I'd have to go back and listen also. But I think uh, attention to detail is always up there. Perfection as a concept gets a bad rap. People say it doesn't exist. That's because of the way we define it. But I think having an attention to detail, we're always striving for something that you define as perfection is a huge competitive advantage. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? I try to reduce the number of things I use. In fact, I hardly install anything on my computer anymore if it's not like a Chrome extension. So I would say one of my Chrome extensions here that I'm using on a daily basis is the Vidyard extension. So that's to create quick one-on-one -on -one videos. It's actually something we teach in the program as well, but it's uh, great in terms of communication with prospects and clients. That's VID Yard, weird name, cool, cool tool. And what book would you recommend and why? Okay. So actually a recent book that this one really broke probably over the past 12 months, one of my favorite uh, books would be Grit. That's uh, Angela Duckworth. Have you read that one? I have not read it. I've seen it for sure. I know what the you know what the cover looks like, but yeah, yeah, badass book. Oh, and why? <laughs> <laughs> dot uh, dot dot. 
<laughs> well, obviously, I think we're going to be drawn uh, to any book that really resonates with us, where we see ourselves, where we, we learn lessons from it. And uh, kind of like we were talking about before, you know, shiny object syndrome. I mean, grit is great for anybody who feels like maybe they jump from one thing to another a little too easily. And as a parent, I think you would appreciate the, the tie-ins here with how you parent your kids and teach them grit as well. Because, you know, this whole like uh, generational, the millennial dirty word that people throw around, especially in the marketing world right now, it's like so much of this stuff, it doesn't come down to what decade you were born in, but I think it comes down to the way we teach grit or don't teach grit. So I think it's great lessons in there for a parent, for an employer, or for anybody who is interested in self-improvement, which obviously is everybody listening. Awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. We'll include a link out to Grit as well as many other things that you have brought up in today's episode on our show notes page. So if you're out on the road or on a run right now, listen to our show, check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast and you'll see Phil's picture there right at the top. If you're listening to this week of, click on that guy and you'll get all those great resources, links, takeaways, and much more at our show notes there at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Phil, how can folks uh, learn more about what you've got going on? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? These days, I'm definitely going to be most active on LinkedIn. I'm actually considering getting rid of getting rid of all of my uh, like Facebook stuff. I'm actually trying to pick up Twitter again, but LinkedIn would be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to be posting there more than anywhere else, and you can certainly message and connect with me. Awesome. Well, we will link out to uh, LinkedIn as well as Distill. The missing link. I almost said creation chamber. We'll be linking out to all that good stuff on our show notes page. As I referenced, yougurus.com uh, forward slash podcast. And we'll link out to Phil's uh, LinkedIn there uh, to make that super easy for all of our listeners to uh, find you. So, uh, Phil, thanks for stopping by the show yet again. Thanks a lot. Always an honor. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.